Hello. You thought the day would never come? I might have agreed with you, but here we are, another episode of the podcast. A quick preamble, because what else does a podcast need except preambles? You might have heard, if you're one of the special few ads in a past episode, I've gotten rid of the ads. My friend Sam, shout out to Sam, who I think is maybe the only listener of this podcast, said, why are you doing ads? I said, well, I mean, it's kind of interesting. It's tied to analytics. I'm a nerd in that way. Get a few cents here or there. And he says, no, that's dumb. Which, you know, he didn't really give me reasons why it was dumb necessarily in the moment. But as I thought about it, I did think to myself, you know, you have to earn attention. And ads in the best sense. Is there a best sense of ads? Ah, I'll leave that up to you, listener. But ads in the best sense are always earned or the attention that is required for ads to be profitable is something that needs to be earned up top and at the beginning. So here I am at the beginning to say this episode is sponsored by no one, just you, me, and a microphone. And I won't even tell you what brand of the microphone I'm using or what brand of microphone I'm using because that that might feel like an ad, but it's not. So on to the podcast today or this episode's quotation is from Malcolm Gladwell, in his book, Blink, he says, quote, I think that the task of figuring out how to combine the best of conscious deliberation and instinctive judgment is one of the greatest challenges of our time. I'm Matt Timms. This is Commonplace.pod, a podcast exploring quotes worth holding on to. So this quote, and it's not always necessary to give context, but in this case might be helpful, is in Gladwell's book, Blink, like I mentioned, which is really about all the rapid decisions we make and what fuels them. And so it's interesting to have this juxtaposition of a conscious deliberation and instinctive judgment. And if I can take just a few minutes, I want to maybe see how really these are layers that impact all kinds of pieces of our life. So I think that's why the quote stood out to me, why I captured it in my commonplace book. A life with either one or the other, it always is going to kind of tip into uh, unhealthy realms. We can think of all kinds of people probably who sort of follow just their instinctive judgments. They make snap judgments that are wrong about either people or situations. And then we can think about people, maybe I probably skewed this way a little bit more, who spend way too much time in conscious deliberation. If you were to ask me, and as I was prepping for this episode, I counted. Here's an example. Okay, I'm a systems person. I love to have systems. When I capture a quote of some kind, there are currently four different places, four different systems where that quote could end up. That seems to suggest to me a level of conscious deliberation about systems that might sometimes border on the obsessive. And probably my friends might agree. So, okay, sure. The goal is not necessarily to do one or the other. We get that, Malcolm. Thank you. But I think what was interesting to me about this quote is it just feels applicable to so many different things. It It's the way we navigate bringing together conscious deliberation and uh, our instinctive judgments feels like it's at the core of so much. It's fundamental to relationships. You want to be thoughtful about your relationship with another person 
You want to be reflective about it. But if you're only ever thinking about the relationship, you actually can't have a relationship. In other words, like if you're planning a conversation, you actually have to have the conversation. And we all know that any conversation will go any number of directions. As I think the healthiest version, of course, is somewhere in between. I've been thinking about this a lot with respect to assessing media and fake news. It seems like uh, the part of the trouble we have is the instinctive judgment of trust or distrust. In other words, there's not actually much conscious deliberation. Partly that might be the nature of media. In other words, if you watch, say, certain cable news networks, you don't have a lot of time to digest before the story has another development or has moved on. And so you're just kind of swept along. But it seems like if we're to be better citizens, better recipients, better understanders of what's going on, we need both instinctive judgment has its place and its value. We want to, I think, sometimes trust our intuition and our guts when something seems wrong or off. At the same time, you need conscious deliberation to cultivate the kind of instinctive judgments that are healthy. One kind of third layer where I've thought about this um, is as a as a pastor, this is also essential to ministry. And maybe this goes back to the relational nature of it, but you want to both in particularly in pastoral care, which I do occasionally. um, Although a lot of my job is probably more conscious deliberation, but in those moments you want to go in with a plan. It's helpful to have a plan for the sake of the person you're trying to care for. Uh, But you also want to allow for flexibility in the moment. And so you want to allow the conversation to take its own unique shape. So conscious deliberation, instinctive judgments, they've got to go hand in hand. And I think the trick is balancing them. As I was thinking about this quote, I also thought about um, how a lot of this seems to connect to the habits, right? So actually, if you take kind of these three layers, a layer of ministry and pastoral care, a layer of relationships, a layer of sort of assessing the news that we engage with. It seems like um, these are all sort of habits of being and habits of operating in the world and the ways of engaging in the world, which is itself a sort of habit. And so thoughtfully formed habits help us, I think, live into the space of some, some balance of conscious deliberation and spontaneous or instinctive judgments. Of course, conscious habits are not the easiest ones to form. In other words, habits which allow us to have instinctive judgments are sometimes difficult to form consciously, which of course is kind of the conundrum. And I think why Gladwell makes the point that this is maybe one of the greatest challenges we have to go through. Uh, But I do think that one of the key sort of on-ramps is the practice of habits, habits of mind. Okay, I hear this on XYZ show. How do I verify that that's true? Or I'm forming an opinion based on one particular viewpoint. How do I balance that? Or what might I read? How do I engage broadly? How do I remain curious even? It does seem to me like curiosity is at the heart of that balance between instinctive judgment and conscious deliberation. Because curiosity drives us towards something It drives us to want to engage with something, but curiosity also helps us be aware that the world is broader than our initial take might be. And so maybe at the heart of this is in fact, uh, or one version of the balance is kind of cultivating a curious life, one where 
an immediate take is not sort of deemed to be the end all be all, but neither is it a life kind of fully removed and just thinking. Because I think, like I said, curiosity propels us towards the objects of our curiosity. If we're curious about someone, we, well, if we're healthy, so <laughs> key asterisk, we don't start stalking them. But instead, we want to get to know them. We want to come towards them. Maybe this is all actually far more relationally than Gladwell was framing it. But I think maybe at the heart of it, this is a relational framework. So here's the quote again. I think that the task of figuring out how to combine the best of conscious deliberation and instinctive judgment is one of the greatest challenges of our time. You agree? You know that I like to end every episode, and by every episode, I mean all three of them with a favorite. Well, here is this episode's favorite. It is a blue, and it is a particular kind of blue. It's the night sky blue. Okay, let me let me be clear. It's not the pitch black blue, and it's not a sky blue. It's not quite an inky blue. It, it's the dark in between. Uh, you might put it as the, this way. It is the pre-star blue. So the sun is down, but maybe some last rays are still kind of illuminating the sky a little bit, but the orange and yellow of the sunset has disappeared. My first memory of this color is when I was on the East Coast with my family. We went to a Cracker Barrel, which I could do a whole sidebar on Cracker Barrel and Rachel, my wife's opinions on the West Coast obsession with that restaurant, but maybe one day I'll have her on to talk about her curiosity about us West Coast people in Cracker Barrel. That's kind of neither here nor there. We're, we happened to be coming out of a Cracker Barrel. I looked up at the sky and it was breathtaking. Not because there were stars, but there was just kind of this blue, this expansive... Um, the word that comes to mind as I think about it is deep. Like when a color has depth to it, it's kind of, it's incredibly engaging. I think this is, um, it's one of kind of the, the magical layers of color. It, I think it's the most perfect color. This is, this is what I'm going to, this is my claim. This is my bold claim, listeners, that this night sky blue, this sort of post-sunset pre-star blue is the best color in the world. You can lose yourself in it. It's like, <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. I had this line written down because, folks, I do I do have some notes. I, I wrote, it's also like a perfect quilt edge. I wrote these notes a while ago. I have no idea what that means. It felt, I don't know what it means for it to be a perfect quilt edge. Oh, maybe I meant like it would be a good color for a quilt. That's true. Uh, I've yet to see this in fabric form. I trust that's true. Friends, it's my favorite. I love all blues, but that is my favorite one. Well, because that's the right way to lead into an ending. This has been episode three of commonplace.pod. If you like what you hear, how could you not? Leave five stars wherever you can. And if you want to leave feedback, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Timms. Send me a quote you love or a favorite. And who knows, might even be featured in this very show. You know, maybe sometime next year. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm trying. Sam, I know you're listening, trying to do this monthly. All right, folks, till next time.